Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian... How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joining me today is Jimmy Mack, uh, the Blue Testament, and No Other Pod, which is a Sporting Kansas City podcast welcome to the show jimmy thank you so much happy to be here so this game comes at a as a, at a good time well maybe not the best time but an interesting time in the calendar both the sounders and kc are coming off midweek games sounders on two days rest kansas city on one extra day of rest but uh neither team is going to be at full strength i would imagine kansas city will be slightly stronger than the sounders who are still going to be missing something like nine eight or nine starter or eight or nine players uh that they would otherwise be having but what is uh but kansas city is is close in the standings of just five points behind i think they have a game in hand too right um you know for a while it was you know you're right actually it's i'm so used to sporting kansas city being a, you right. know a game or two in advance of every other team but i just looked up and yeah we have a game in hand on seattle so yeah, so it's it's a top of the table clash, a classic six pointer. Uh, Kansas <laughs> City is is playing well. They're coming off a tie, but a, a game they really dominated against San Jose. Yeah, in a lot of ways they did dominate this game. And if you're going to ask a, a, a sporting Kansas City fan, you know, over the last four or five years, this is sort of like a, a vintage SKC game where it's like they dominate possession um, in terms of shots. They get the 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 best of the other team um, shots on goal. They outshot San Jose eight to three. And then, you know, San Jose gets a, a, a goal on the counter and suddenly sporting KC is playing from behind, which they're Very totally used doing. to doing this year. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> um, watching the, I was watching that game and they flashed a stat that they were something like five, one and one after giving up the first goal. Yeah. 16 points. I guess this now is 17 points, 17 points from losing positions that's under uh-huh. i mean these are these are numbers that i'm guessing there are franchises that don't have that many points from losing positions yeah it's it's wild and you know uh some of it is the depth of sporting kc has been better than people anticipated going into the year because that was certainly a concern is sporting kc was fully embracing the the player kids movement at least in terms of a depth standpoint uh, there have been times where we've had six or seven homegrown players on the field at the same time, a, a midfield entirely made up of homegrown players on the field at the same time. Uh, and for some reason, they continue to give up an early goal. Um, a lot of those tend to come from set pieces. Set pieces continue to be a little bit of a problem for Sporting KC defensively, but they somehow find a way to fight back 17 points on, you know, Paul Carr put out that that's more than uh, any team had all of last MLS season, including the playoffs in totality, which granted was a weird season, but still it's, still, it's a crazy stat 25 games or whatever for a lot yeah. of teams. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been remarkable that they, that they've been doing this and 
it does seem to like broadly speaking, it it seems to fit a pattern of Kansas City just being sort of relentless in the entire Peter Vermees era. Uh, they seem to always have a little tweak on, you know, there was a time when they were high pressing and fouled a lot. This year is not, you know, that's not been that. Uh, they, I don't know. How would you describe this year's squad? Uh, this squad, uh, the high press is still there, granted, not as much as, as in years past. I mean, they still run that patented Peter Vermees 4-3-3, uh, though he'll argue that the formation doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, the game plan through the formation that matters, which fair enough. But I think the difference is uh, some of the players, honestly, that they've brought in over the past year or two, be it uh, Alan Polito, who won't be with the team because he's with Mexico for the Gold Cup, but Alan Polito, Gaddy Kinda as a midfielder, Remy Walters, a new midfielder this year. Uh, they're they're more technical players, I would say, as opposed to, you know, the Roger Espinosas of Sporting KC, who he's going to go out there, muck up the midfield and every other team hates him because he might come in with a two foot tackle or if you're, you know, Brad Stevens punch you in the face. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's it's just a, a different, I would say, more advanced, more technical style of play than Sporting KC are used to playing in the past. So you mentioned Alan Polito is out for this one. Another player who's out uh, is Busio, mm-hmm. who is is having a nice run of games with the U.S. national team, but he's also maybe taking off for longer than that. Rumored to be on a big transfer to Venezia in, in Syria. What is, what is the state of the club right now in Kansas City in terms of who's available? Yeah, the the midfield is definitely, I would say. Uh, the biggest, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call it an area of concern, but it, but it's got the least depth right now because Buzio's away and he's been a key. So there are a, a bunch of sporting KC fans and, and pundits who would say Buzio has been arguably the MVP of the team so far this year because of how he's transitioned to that number six position, which really wasn't his natural position. He was more of an attacking midfielder, but due to injury, Ilya Sanchez, the reigning number six for the club stepped back into the center back position. Buzio took over that number six. Buzio's not there now. Uh, so that leaves a, a bunch of young kids. Cam Duke is a homegrown player who made his first MLS start on Wednesday and had a fantastic game, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah, drew, I didn't realize that was his first start. He looked he looked very good. He looked very good. It was his first MLS start for Sporting KC. He drew eight fouls, which is the most for a Sporting Kansas City player since Dom Dwyer in 2014. It's also the most by a player uh, in the, a single game so far this year across MLS. Uh, he's a very fast player. I would not be surprised if Peter Vermees slash carries a Vagnon who will be filling in for Peter Vermees on Sunday, puts him back into the starting lineup. Uh, and then, you know, really it's just working your way back from injury in the midfield as well. Both Gadi Kinda, who's a designated player uh, attacking midfielder uh, and Remy Walter, who's a new signing who plays sort of that number eight, number six position. Uh, they're both coming back from injury. And then the other homegrown player who has been in the midfield and been very good for Sporting KC, Felipe Hernandez. He was away from the team uh, in the midweek for personal reasons that they didn't go into. It's unclear if he'll be available for Sunday. So it really leaves three or four players, uh, one of which being, you know, a 34-year-old Roger Espinoza, who's not used to playing 90 minutes anymore, available for that midfield. It'll be a little bit of a patchwork team. Yeah, and it's unclear what the Sounders are going to do. They they did get to rest a bunch of their veterans in the in the Thursday night game, uh, but Xiao Paulo did did start. I don't know if he's going to be able to go again, uh, and I suspect we'll see some some more youngsters out there, uh, Josh Atencio, Danny Leva, uh, and we'll see who else is out there. But uh, 
it's it's been an interesting run of games for the Sounders uh, from that perspective. Uh, but digging into Busio a little bit, this is, you know, he's having a bit of a breakout season. He's it sounds like he's going to be going to Italy. What is the the feeling around the fan base about this about this move? It's bittersweet. I mean, is is the best way you can describe it. I mean, at this point, it's you know all but official. I, the Venezia technical director even said the other day that it's done. It's just the dotted line's got to be signed. Peter Vermees hasn't been denying it. Uh, I mean, I think most SKC fans at this point realize that there's nothing that we can do. And this is the best thing for Gianluca Buzio. And really the best thing for the club is to show players, whether they're homegrown or talent that you're trying to sign and bring in that sporting Kansas city can develop you and then help you move on to the next step in your career. Uh, we're also all acutely aware of what happened with Eric Palmer Brown a few years ago, where there were some big name European clubs like Juventus that were reportedly interested for as much as two or $3 million, which Granted, there are some weird roster rules MLS has about how you can use that money. At least back then, it's a little bit more flexible now, but that didn't end up happening. And then he ended up leaving on a free. So Buzio, especially for the reported numbers that are out there, you know, anywhere from four to five million dollars base and then up to 10 or 11 million dollars with reportedly attainable uh, different triggers in the contract in terms of performance incentives. It's a good step for Buzio. Uh, it's it's a, a good thing for Sporting KC to get that kind of investment and earn 100% of that money from a homegrown player. And then now that they've shown that they can spend a, a good chunk of change and $9 million to get a player like Alan Polito, they could turn around and reinvest that money in, a, in another good young player and, and continue the cycle. So the arguably the MVP of, at least in the national press, the guy who's getting the MVP consideration from Kansas city is Daniel Shalloway. Uh, another homegrown player. If I remember correctly, yep. uh, he had seemingly, you know, he broke out in what 2018 and then he sort of had a, a couple years where he was not really uh, in much form, but he is back scoring and assisting. And, you know, he, he had another goal on, on Wednesday, uh, What's he been, what's, what, what is the key to his revival? Uh, I think honestly, Peter Vermees has never given up on, on Daniel Shallowy and it's, he's just getting consistent minutes this year, at least compared to last year that he simply did not get. He played, I think a grand total of, I want to say 120 league minutes last year. Uh, some of that might've been, it's just, we had Kyrie Shelton, Johnny Russell. They were in a rhythm on those wings uh, Daniel Shallowy got the first start on the left wing this year. Uh, and that was in part because Johnny Russell started off the year injured. So Kyrie had to move to the right. Really all that was left was Daniel Shallowy on the left. We used to have Jerso Fernandez. He's no longer with the squad. He moved on to, uh, Portugal, Portugal, no Korea somewhere this year. I forget where, uh, so Daniel Shallowy started on the left side, almost out of necessity, got a goal in the very first game. And Peter's one that if something works, he's going to continue to, basically drive it into the ground until it doesn't anymore. And game over game, Shallowy's continued to, to perform. And as you said, on Wednesday, he got a goal. Granted, it was a, a tap in off of a, a deflected set piece. But, you know, there are even goals like that that he simply wasn't getting to over the last couple of years. So it's almost a little bit of a, uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point with his confidence and, and his other teammates' confidence in him because they have no problem feeding him the ball in space and letting him do his thing. So Johnny Russell uh, seems to have been off to a little bit of a slower start this year than than he had been 
uh, playing at. How's how is he looking? Yeah, Johnny's not getting uh, certainly not the goals that he has in years past. I believe he has one goal this year. He's got a few assists. Uh, the thing about Johnny is he's still, um, especially in his first year or two with Sporting KC, he kind of had a signature move of he'd, he'd use his pace to get down the right side. He'd, he'd split the defenders and then get his shot on goal. Uh, it, it worked for the first year pretty well, and, and then defenders started to catch on. Okay, that's that's his move. So uh, he's had to evolve his game a little bit, and as Sporting KC have gotten better attacking pieces around him, uh, he really no longer has to be the primary goal-scoring option because now whether it's Helen Polito or Daniel Shallowy or Gattikinda, you know, they're more able to provide some of that attacking support in the box. So he's really honestly become uh, more of a, a support player in the attack, uh, driving toward the touchline and and shooting passes back into the box to, to reach the trailing runner. That's sort of more of his MO this year than trying to split defenders or, or get a shot on goal. Although occasionally he can still do it. It's just, you know especially for it being his first year as the captain. He's a designated player making around 1.6 million as an attacking player. You'd probably like to see him get a little bit more on the score sheet, but uh, he's still a solid player that on any given night can, can give you a good game. And and despite whatever struggles he's had, still one of the top scoring teams in the league uh, only behind new England in terms of total goals scored. Uh, Defense has not, I wouldn't say has been a problem, but it has been maybe a little bit more of a, of an issue than, than scoring. What, what is the defense looking like right now? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Cause as I mentioned, Ilya Sanchez dropped back to center back uh, in the second game of the year, I want to say, cause uh, new signing uh, Nicholas Ismat Mirin, he was the sort of next uh, center back that was going to take over for Matt Beasler. Cause Beasler obviously is with Austin who Seattle just beat with the team of teenagers on Wednesday. Um, EC and Andreu Fontes, who's sort of this weird journeyman who's been with SKC for a few years, they they were the starters. EC got hurt. Ilya dropped back to center back, and he and Andreu Fontes played really well together. They they both came through the Barcelona system. They're both uh, Spaniards. They they played really well. Well, now Ilya is unavailable for undisclosed reasons, and and SKC fans have surmised that he's one of the couple players that might be in the MLS health and safety protocol due to COVID exposure. Nothing's been confirmed, but. That's the working theory. So uh, right now you have EC back in there, who's going to be in his fourth MLS game uh, on Sunday, assuming he starts. And then at, at right back, you have uh, Graham Zussi, who's still chugging along, or oh. Jalen Lindsay, who's the the heir apparent, but Lindsay's working his way back from a hamstring injury. So he only played 45 minutes last game. Um, and then on the left side, you have uh, Luis Martin. So there's just been a lot of moving parts for the defense this year. Uh, it's been a little bit more stable than in years past, but uh, it's it's just a, it's a weird time. I mean, Zussi on Sunday, or excuse me, on, on Wednesday, started the game at right back. Jalen Lindsay checked in at halftime, and Graham Zussi actually moved to the number six for the second half of the game because Sporting Casey simply had nobody else to put there. So it's a little little wonky, but they're making do. Yeah, and Lindsay looked like he he took it like he he went in for a tackle mm-hmm. pretty hard. Uh, I I thought a fair call of a of a yellow card on sure. that one, but he looked reckless. like he he got hit in the head uh, yeah. by by a knee there. It, did he suffer a concussion or was is he okay? If he did, uh, he managed to pass the concussion right. <laughs> protocol because he came back into the game just a couple minutes later. Uh, when I saw, I, I agree with you. A lot of fans again were were upset about that call. I would say 
it was probably reckless by Jalen. And even though he got hurt, it doesn't change that it was reckless. Right. Uh, it, he, he either took a knee, I couldn't quite tell, or he, well, he definitely hit the back of his head on the, on the field when, when he landed mm. pretty hard. And, and when he sat up, he kind of immediately grabbed the back of his head and you can tell he was, he got his bell rung. Uh, we haven't heard anything that indicates that he wouldn't be available. Um, he was listed as questionable for Wednesday due to a hamstring injury he was recovering mm-hmm. from. Uh, we haven't received the latest injury report. So, but nothing that has been reported indicates that he won't be available for Sunday. Yeah. I don't know about you, but uh, the Sounders have been waiting until the last possible minute to put out their injury report. I don't know if that's how yeah. he has been playing it too, <laughs> but uh, we oftentimes find out uh, hours before the game that a new injury has cropped up. <laughs> so uh I, I don't know if that's how Casey has been doing things, but it's been, it's been an interesting year as far as injuries go, uh, I think across the league and and really probably across the sport, yeah. but um, what's your expectation going into this game? Is this, I have to imagine that Kansas city has this one circled as a, as a big one. Yeah, it's definitely circled as a big one. There've been a couple of big ones so far this year, especially as, as I mentioned before, SKC has had, has played a couple more games than a lot of the, you know, LA galaxy. They, they had two games in hand against SKC when we went out to LA and ended up getting a win. That was a big one. This is probably, this is arguably the biggest uh, game of the season for SKC, you know, with uh, a younger, less experienced team for Seattle. It it maybe gives a little bit more hope I would say than, than otherwise. Uh, But I'm one of, of the mindset that if you can go on the road and just get, a point it's probably a, a good result i know skc has seattle i believe two more times this season mm. um so there's certainly one at home and i think we're back in seattle later in october if i remember correctly i might have to verify that but i was looking at tickets to get out to uh to a game in seattle because I, I haven't made it out there yet so i think if i remember oh, correctly well, you gotta get out of here i know i oddly enough i've been in seattle on a weekend when skc played in seattle but i uh was not able to go to the game because I was there for family reasons. So, uh, but yeah, we have, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I believe Seattle. Yeah. Two more times, one at the end of September and then one at the end of October. So if you can get a point now, get Polito back, maybe figure out what's going to happen with Buzio, at least a replacement for him. There's certainly opportunity later in the season to snag a couple points from Seattle. Cause I assume Seattle will be there atop the, the standings for the remainder of the year, unless something goes terribly wrong, but I don't know. It's we had our starting striker on Wednesday was Wilson Harris. He's a homegrown player. It was his first ever MLS start. And then, as I mentioned, Cam Duke, it was his first ever MLS start in the midfield. So it seems to be a theme amongst a lot of MLS teams, this youth movement. Yeah. And sporting Kansas City, you don't necessarily immediately think of them as this, you know, homegrown factory, but I think they set a record in, in the last game with the most homegrown starters, or maybe there's the most homegrowns in a single game, but there was at one point six or seven homegrowns out on the field. Yeah. There were six homegrowns on the field at one point, not against San Jose, I don't believe, but whatever the last game was, I don't remember before the, uh, the gold cup, it might've been against Austin. Uh, And and the entire midfield was made up of homegrown players. They've signed, I want to say 15 or 16 homegrown players out of the Academy over the years. Uh, Of course, not everyone is still with the team, but you know, Players like Gianluca Buzio uh, and and Daniel Shallowy have have proven that you can go through the academy and become legitimate contributors. Felipe Hernandez is another one that's really stepped up this year, as I mentioned, Cam Duke, and we'll see what can come of of Wilson Harris. Uh, Jalen Lindsay is another homegrown player. So 
SKC might not have the reputation that a club like FC Dallas does. And, and some of that's just because they don't have the same international partnerships, like with a right. Bayern Munich that Dallas does, but over the last, it's really just ramped up. I would say over the last three or four years, that's when the vast majority of the Academy signings have come for SKC. Well, it's always interesting. It feels like when Kansas city and the Sounders play, uh, I, I feel like we, we don't do a lot of boring games no. one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but but Jimmy, thanks for for joining us and and letting us know a little bit more about Sporting Kansas City. Uh, where can people follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at jcmac03. Uh, check out our podcast. Obviously, it's a Sporting KC podcast, but we like to preview the uh, the game with the other teams. So you can follow us uh, at No Other Pod on Twitter or check out No Other Pod wherever you download your podcasts and uh, check me out at the Blue Testament doing awesome. occasional write ups there. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully a, a good game on Sunday. Uh, you're listening to the Center at Heart podcast and we will catch you next time.